0: You are listening to Absent minded brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com.
1: Hello, welcome, and it's the day after the day of the draft, where Montreal Canadiens picked David... Brian Barker. For their fifth overall pick. <laughs> I'm joined by Matt Mania. And of course, Thibaut Chatel. First and foremost, Thibaut, I'm so happy to see all your work being promoted last night. You really deserve it after all these years. In a way, it's it's a shame that the response to the pick was
2: as harsh as it was among many fans. Well, thanks for having me having me first. But yeah, for sure when When Heinbacher got some traction, like back in late fall or something like with, with my business partner said, I would say, Hey, what if Montreal could get him? They would be so awesome, you know? And even if the, the Swiss national league is a very good league, probably top five, surely top five in the world, like right behind, right behind the Swedish SHL in Europe, um, and the KHL on the side, um. There are not that many prospects from the Swiss National League for many reasons that we mentioned actually on last time on that podcast there's like the best Swiss prospect go to Canadian Junior and with the limited number of import license you just cannot get like a good chess prospect or Slovak or Swedish or Finnish or whatever so it had to be a local talent Fin is Australian but you get a Swiss license and this is not only where you develop players because you have the specter of being relegated to the second level, which is a huge financial blow to your organization. So you don't mess around playing 18 years old guys more than a couple of minutes a night. So it was crazy. And I guess for that reason, people do not watch Swiss hockey that much. And I totally understand that. Yes, we could have got Michkov and Maybe in a few years we say that we should have got Mietzkoff, but that's the same thing for the, the teams that picked before us. Um, but it was really feeling good. It was really feeling being able to share all the numbers of the data that we have from the Swiss National League about Hein Bacher and showing how good he is and how great a prospect he is to try to counterbalance the disappointment that a few fans might have hearing that hearing his name on the stage last night. You mentioned obviously
1: NLA. It's different. There has not been a lot of prospects, as you mentioned, coming out of NLA or National Liga now. And the last one we we sort of know is uh, Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he chose a weird path because yeah,
2: and and hopefully something we're gonna see more.
1: Is it also difficult for? scouting services a lot of the scouting services rely on video especially from maybe a region in central europe that hasn't been of a particular interest before and therefore it sort of creates maybe a group think because they use the same source of, of, of information where you can see different shifts from one player but you don't see him how he acts outside of the of that video screen or outside of that camera angle or is it a the fact that very few go to 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 Switzerland to check prospects.
2: I would not talk for scouts, but what I do know and what I heard, obviously yeah, I am I'm not on the ground, I'm in Montreal, but like I went to Switzerland this summer for the preseason and I went to see a random Geneva versus a chess team up in the mountains and there were a Washington Cap Scout there. Actually, watching the chess team because there's no one on Geneva squad. That... So there are people just going around and seeing games in in Europe. And you have obviously it's not as as precise as having one guy for the OHL and, one, and a couple of guys for Quebec and whatever. Um, so you have guys. I've had teams telling me that oh tonight there are, especially near the end of the season, tonight there there is like four or five scouts in the in the stands watching Heinbacher. Specifically, um, still, I think there is a lot of group thinking word goes around. Um, the TV feed for the Swiss national league is as good as the NHL. You can watch all the games. You have access on different scouting platforms to get his his shifts by shift videos or whatever, um, from what I saw from my own perspective, advocating from him. Back to December, January, where his name was like, I think Bob McKenzie had him at, in the 20s, late first round. in the. And like, no, 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 he's way better than that. And then people like kind of start, start talking about him. And yeah, I think there is a group thinking and, and snowballing effect still exactly like you saw. Or any other prospect, if they have a, a strong U18 World Championship or U20 World Championship, It's just I guess some some scouts and some media would just watch small samples of games and then just go rolling from running from there.
1: You mentioned obviously the Well Juniors. He was at a very bad team, Austrian team that didn't have their best players there and was yep. relegated. It wasn't really a standout performance. Obviously, that hampers his his. Uh draft stock in, in many of the average Yo's, um, point of view um, as you mentioned also the Swiss League is a really really good league uh, you, you say it's the fifth best league in the world I would probably say fourth because I don't trust KHL that much anymore. And Liga, Liga is falling. Yeah, Liga is definitely behind the NLA, uh, National League. We agree on that. Because point, the question is where we point to KHL, I think. Would it have been better in a way, because he is more of a defensive style defender, a very strong and a very good one? Would it have been better for him, in in the public's opinion, Matt, to go over to Canada, play juniors and score 1,500 goals?
0: If you go to. to north american juniors like if you're in the chl i think you get more visibility and i think that definitely ups people's perception of a player uh 100 over here right if you're playing for uh the phoenix de sherbrooke uh and you've got you know joshua on your team and people have an opportunity to see you play they can go and see you live a lot more i definitely think that's going to change the perception um I I think visibility is a big reason why people are as upset uh, with this pick as they are. But then the second reason is that they left elite offensive talent on the board. So my question to you, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be wondering, what do you think his offensive abilities, like how do you think that's going to translate to the NHL? Because this is the number one reason why people are upset is because the Habs have lacked offense for a long time. They had Kerry price for his entire career and they did not do enough to get scoring around him to make that team good enough to get over the hump right Carey Price could only take them so far and that's why I think people are so upset it is not necessarily the visibility aspect I think it's because of the fact that they left elite offensive talent on the board so how do you think that translates because I was reading your article on Substack I'll make sure we definitely link to that in our article on Eyes and the Prize Uh, but you're mentioning that one of the one of the things that he does really well is in terms of retrieving pucks in the defensive zone and getting things moving forward out of the zone. So transitional play, starting that transition. How do you think that translates for him to the NHL?
2: I think it translates well. Well, um, I think, like I tried to explain in my article, his his offensive numbers, he scored a lot of points, assists mostly, uh, playing for a bad team. And the Swiss National League is a very fast league. It's not defensive-minded like Liga can be um so the the, pay, the it's the North north american league in europe yeah but it's also more and more mix of swedish and north american i think more uh, you get a lot more european coaches right now and teams are for checking smarter you know spending their energy in the right way in the neutral zone um transition or more control etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i think it was a, the perfect environment for him to grow at his age, that he would not have had playing junior in Canada. This year, he was playing a top role, top five on five minutes on his team, on a bad team that was under pressure constantly from players that are borderline other, basically, from the other teams. And he was very good at it. He was very good in a role where his role was to recover box, box, boxing out the offensive from the other team recovering the puck, make sure he got a, a clean breakout, control breakout, making the smart play, attacking the center of the ice, um, pulling up plays and being there when it when was needed in the offensive zone. The area of improvement in his offensive game, back to your question, is that when he will be able to play for a more offensive team, a more offensive system, i really confident he has the tools, he has the vision, He has the stick handling. He has the puck protection, body protection to carry pucks through the neutral zone, attack the center of the ice like he did when he got injured at the World Championship. I put that clip in the article because the intention was good. Um, His success percentage on control entries was good this season when he had the opportunity to do it. This is going to translate weight well in the NHL. So... You should not expect from him to be a Kyle McCarr, an car, and Adam Fox is not your number one power play quarterback. We think we already have that in Lane Hudson. Um, hein Baschel is the guy that comes right behind. He's the guy that's gonna win the five on five puck battle possession for 25 minutes a night at five on five, playing PK, play the second wave on the power play. Um, it is not the most flashy player. It is the more the most mature player, the most pros, mature prospect we could have, we could hope for. And if you take Michkov out of the equation, basically, that's the way I see it. Like if you're the Habs and you decide you're not going to pick Michkov, who's best after that? Like you could have argued a lot more if the Habs were picking Heinbascher at three or four, leaving one of Bentley or Smith on the board. But then, like, are you going to bet on the Ryan Leonard? Are you going to bet on any other good potential, very good offensive forwards in this draft? Or are you going to take the well-rounded, very mature player that's going to develop very well, the management's going to love because he's a smart, young guy. Um, It's going to be a cornerstone in your team for the next decade. That's the way I see it. Matt, you
1: mentioned one thing that that also needs to be taken out of the question. When you look at elite talent and you think that uh, Montreal needs it in order to perform because it didn't perform very well with Carey Price in the net. Carey Price is gone. We're not going to get another Carey Price for a couple of, well, a decade at least. And, and you're going to need those defenders that stand up and are being counted at any instance in a way. Uh, I think people will warm up. I think it is the, the, the thing is the uncertainty. And it's the mystery box in reverse, in a way. The mystery box speaks to us when it comes to to a 5-10 player from Russia that can score goals any way he wants. Um, but it doesn't speak to us when there's a mystery box that is a big defender out of Austria, because Austria is not a power play uh, or power hockey nation. And the Swiss League has not developed prospects since, yeah, Matthews. And um, I mean, if you look at it from, from, from another perspective, a right-handed defender has been on something that Montreal fans and, and, and team has been looking at for a long time. They, they address that problem. They, everyone keeps saying size is a problem with Montreal. They address that problem as well. What more can you do? I, n- I understand the reason for, for for top scoring, but if you don't have a goalie, then you're going to need to build a defense.
0: Yeah, and here's another thing too, though, right? When we talk about elite, and when I talk about elite, I'm, I'm mostly referring to the offensive talent there. But one of the things that really stuck out to me in uh, in your article, Tzibol, was when you talked about the percentage chance of them becoming elite. And you guys had him, based on your data, just behind Connor Bedard. Uh, so you had him as... Number two in terms of his chances of becoming an elite player in the NHL. Just for anybody who hasn't had the chance to get to your article yet, what can you tell us about your guys' methodology in terms of determining that? Like what goes into making David Reinbacker the number two behind Connor Bedard in terms of his upside in the at the NHL level?
2: So basically our prospects model, which is different from the draft model, because draft model you're forcing um basically player to be compared at a very precise moment in time, even if they're like maybe one year older or younger than the other ones, et cetera, et cetera. And you can take less previous data because it's just less comparable because you're forcing players that way well. So basically, our prospects model allows us to look at players from 16 to 22 years old, look at their rolling performance over three season, look at their age that year, look at the league they're playing in, and look at what was the precedent comparable data around that context and the interesting thing I think obviously from my perspective I build it um, is that we do not limit ourselves to the NHL Um, because if you do that well out of Switzerland there's not that many people to be compared to right so we look at what players Became all over the career, whatever the league, and we translate every league into NHL-E coefficient data. And so based on that, David Heinbacher playing at that level this year at 18 in National League, playing at the level he played last year in Swiss League and U-20, scoring a point per game in U-20, Swiss hockey, if you want some offensive numbers. Um, his projection for the next decade of his career, because we look at what players are going to become on average till they are 30 years old. So it's a very long-term projection. It gives us that 52% chance of becoming on average a top 10% defenseman in the NHL because he's so, um, I hate the word safe, but safe in his development where he's already at. If you compare him to where... Um, David Jiriček or Moritz Seider were at 18 years old. Heinbacher is more advanced, basically. So based on that, he's like one year more advanced than those guys. And so based on that, the level of certainty of him becoming a key, dominant player is that high? Because if you look at it again, Jiriček and and Seider came out
1: of two worse leagues in a way, and and not to to uh, be not to be forgotten, is the fact that Reinbecker has played pro for two years before his draft. Because the NLB or... or Swiss uh, League now. Yeah, the Swiss League right now is a professional league. It's a second division, much in the same way as uh, hockey Allsvenskan is in Sweden. So, yep. so there is this fact that he has already played pro two years. You have seen a, a trend that is very, very positive. So so I can understand the the numbers in that regard and the comparison as well. And to be reminded, when Detroit picked Cider at six, everyone was saying what happened. Except for except for maybe Steve Eiserman. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was gonna mention this. this is I think I was writing the article yesterday and I was trying to write a conclusion and i was going to write actually wrote the first time like this is a unique case of a modern modern well-rounded defenseman that is worth making picking him in the top five top ten there was no it's just like okay sider nemech Yerichek. i mean all those guys are pretty much made from the same mold and we could see a trend there and if you look at the the past Stanley Cup champions they had a lot of those kind of defensemen big physical guy skating well handling the puck well offensive upside and you build a whole defensive brigade around those guys like Tampa did it Vegas did it this year again um yes if you have a car, that's great but there are not plenty of the, of him in the league uh, hopefully leonardson is going to be that Firecracker on the power play at a five-on-five, five, but you need guys behind him like Heinbacher, uh Ghoulie,
0: to handle the work. The god of mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. Loki, 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 Loki! Wow! Great to see you again! Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure spectacularly cinematic i've been waiting for a moment like this it surpasses all expectations a little over the top don't you think i thought it was spot on loki season two now streaming only on disney plus so
2: if you take Michkov out of of the equation again i'm pretty confident it was the best choice to make for montreal i asked you
1: for it last night on twitter as well is reinbacher directly the best right-handed defenseman in the organization of Montreal Canadiens now
2: yes absolutely I mean no question he's probably the best defenseman at all in the Montreal organization um Mm. going back to the prospect model I tried to explain earlier like if you compare Hudson to Heinbacher right now they are they are at the same level but Hudson is obviously one year older so it took one more year to Hudson to get to the same level of hopes, let's let's call it that, uh, that Heinbach already had. So if those two guys can develop and be what they are projected to be, that's going to be a huge win for Montreal.
0: I, I want to ask you one other thing, too, about uh, what I saw in your article, because you had a very interesting little tidbit there. Where you said he was ranked first on points. Second on win shares over five defensemen playing in the NL in their draft year. Who was number one in win shares, and why didn't we draft that guy? That was Roman Yosi. So. <laughs> ah, it was Roman Yosi. So I, I kind of figured that was the answer that you were going to give me there. So then my question is, how would you compare him? Because like, if I, I think if we find out here, if if Habs fans can collectively agree or come to the realization somehow that he's the next Roman Yosi, I think a lot of people would calm down about the pick. So. Contrast that for me. Are are we getting something in the environs of a Roman Yossi or are we getting a very different player? You said he's the best defenseman overall in the Montreal Canadians uh organization right now, which would be fantastic. If you're right about that, I would love to for you to be right about that. Contrast that to Roman Yossi, then he was number two in terms of win shares in their draft year. How would you compare him to Roman Yossi? How would you compare his likelihood of getting to the NHL and having an impact like Roman Yossi? I guess it's
2: it's one thing to predicting an impact for any kind of player. And in that sense, Heinbacher is ahead of Yossi at the same time of their career, 18 years old, draft pick. Sorry. But they are not the same kind of players, obviously. We all know Roman Yossi is one of those firecracker guy, offensive, minded defenseman, if (laughs) any improved defensively later in his career. Um, So we're not getting Roman Yossi. We're getting a guy that potentially is going to have a huge overall impact because of the things he do. And among the things he does, there's not going to be first wave power play, probably. There's not going to be 80-point season, but there's going to be a lot more other things that's going to do very, very well that make him the best defensive prospect in the Montreal organization. At least at, this, at, this, at the same level than Leigh Nutsen. And Leigh Nutsen is... Well, while still yesterday the best defensive prospect in Montreal for specific reasons as well. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Matt has asked this question but I'm going to get it on anyway. You were adamant last time that Reinbacher has barely scratched his offensive upside you mentioned last time and this time that that play against Sweden in the World Championships where mm-hmm. Sandin just smashes him up um, with, with a great tackle a very fair tackle. Uh, I don't think anyone can you can you can hate the outcome but you can love the tackle because it was a it was a great tackle in that regard and um, but where do you think he needs to really improve and can he maybe go from I see him maybe a little bit of a Weber light in a way uh he doesn't have the same shot but on the other hand he has a better strong in passing game um mm-hmm. but but where can he can he make that shot better and become a staple on the first power play unit as an example?
2: Probably. He could certainly practice, practice it more. Um, that was not his role in Klotten because they had higher a, a Swedish defenseman to be that power play one guy offensive defenseman. His, his role was to play on the other pair of the top four, handling the top position, playing the big minutes and everything. Um, it's just one thing if you look at first wave power play with the defenseman is going to shoot the puck from the point, or if you look at first wave power play with the quarterback that's going to pass the puck around. So that's why I don't put him on the first wave power play, uh, because of that. It's not really because of his shot. It's just like, it's it's, it's the skating, it's the navigating the blue line very fast, and the quick response is maybe not at that level when you're thinking about, Again, Makar, Fox, UOC, and hopefully Hudson for the Habs. So if you're looking in terms of the Habs organization and the pieces they have together, and you try to fit them together, then you're going to probably assign one role to Hudson, one role to Heinbacher, one role to Goulet, maybe Baron fits there, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and in terms of improving offensively, I think it's going to be very interesting next year to what to see what he does in cloton how much uh, a bigger role he gets. Uh, there are some some changes in their defensive brigades. So we get, can get more ice time, more responsibilities as well. Um, the one thing I'm looking very forward to is actually two years from now when he's going to jump to AHL probably. Uh, Montreal should take the time or NHL directly. But so far in his career, Heinbacher always adapted very, very well when he was moving up the leagues. U17 was very really good. U20, point per game, Swiss league, second level. He was, he was a good, reliable third pair defenseman. And the next year, at the highest level in you know, Swiss hockey, he was a top five on five guy already. So he took huge steps year after year in his development. If he continues that way, there is still a huge offensive opportunity, absolutely, especially if Klotten's just uh, giving more free range, kind of.
1: Klotten next year, his usage is saying it's going to go up, most likely. They know what they have. Obviously, they also know the impact of having an NHL drafted player, a highly drafted player as well, PR wise, and, and yeah. also for future development. We see what it has meant to Rögler to come up as as a prominent club in Sweden where you want to send your players because they're going to get ice time etc but what can Montreal fans have as expectations for Reinbacher next year in Clotten
2: I think it would be to confirm everything he did this season Um, first and foremost because as good as he was he took a huge step up which is really really good which is pretty usual when you're looking at Top draft prospect. If you like all of them, like in in the player cards we had online, we highlighted everything. Every time a prospect was one of the biggest riser on his draft season, and most of the first round guys they had, they were big risers. So that's usual. What you want is for the player to confirm, not just get asleep. Like I got drafted. Now I'm I'm going to get a contract two years from now. I can take a rest. Whatever. No. We want him to confirm, get even better at 5-on-5, five five, not only in goals for and against, but maybe even better on expecting goals possession, um, especially if Clotin is has a bit more strength and a bit more um, offensive talent at 5-on-5, five five, not just power play. And get that offensive puck on his stick uh, mentality more often. Just Go beyond that first pass clean breakout, which is which he does already very well. Go through a neutral zone, take your shot, take your chances, try again and again. Maybe get clipped a couple of times, like he did at a world championship, but practice that for sure. Um, this is a very interesting point you mentioned, Pat, in PR perspective for Cloten, like they made a bit a bet on him at 15 years old. It's Paid up pretty well yesterday evening when a lot of people learned about the existence of Klotten and Swiss hockey. So they're gonna be watched for sure because of Heinbascher next next year. And uh <clears throat> it could get them more player in the future. Oh, that 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 team developed a top five pick in the NHL. Maybe I'm gonna send my kid there. So they probably for that reason are gonna give him even more ice time and opportunity to showcase the whole team on on TV uh, for everybody
1: and cloten is just what is it 20 minutes out of zurich more or less so it's, half an hour
2: it's 5 minutes out of the airport, the airport <laughs> Yeah, airport <actually> in cloten <laughs> and uh 20 minutes uh, from zurich
1: so, so it's think, good for yes. montreal the montreal scouting and development staff as well it's easy access every flight has a easy connection to zurich
2: Mon- montreal zurich
0: flight nights and you wake up in Cloth and that's, I did it. <laughs> it's possible. Well, last thing I might want to ask because uh, and this is not necessarily something that I think they should do, but it's something that, let's face it, we all know it's going to come up and it's going to come up often. And it's probably going to start coming up more and more after development camp because he's going to come over to North America, presumably for development camp. What about North America next season? Do you think that would be a good idea, a bad idea or somewhere in between? Like, should he come over? Should he try to play for the Laval Rocket? Um, I mean, Laval is a pretty good place to be playing hockey. Um, I'm not too sure if it would be the best thing for his development. Personally, I prefer when they get European prospects to let them cook in their own league. But this is going to come up. So I'm going to ask you, because you're an expert, what do you think about it? So
2: on what what side I think you would have been ready, 100%, like Yericek or Nemec were ready to do it? On the other side, well, first, he wants to stay in Switzerland to finish his business course. That's out of the equation. But for his development, like you said, I agree. I prefer him to stay in Europe one more year, making sure he gets the top five on five minutes in his team against top competition. And after that, he will have the time to come over. Like, Moritz Seider did very well going back to Sweden for one year. There is no pressure. I mean, Montreal is not going to win the cup next year. Um, they probably should get another high draft pick along the way before moving up the, the, the standings. So staying in Clotten, in Switzerland, in the environment that made him grow to be a top five pick in the draft, that's, that's 100% the, the best decision for him.
0: I, I agree. I think probably, you know, let let these kids, because we've seen it before, right? They draft a European prospect, they bring him over too early, and then all of a sudden it's, well, you know, three years down the road we're going, man, we probably should have let him stay in his league for another year or two. So, yeah, that's the reason I ask is because I know it's going to come up. I know, I know Habs fans, and I know they're going to be at development camp and beyond. They're going to be like, all right, put this kid in Laval tomorrow. <laughs> for sure. And you can wonder how much
2: the... Slavskovsky example is impacting that thinking as well for perhaps oh. management. Should, I, should he have stayed one more year in Europe?
1: I think it speaks well from from that point of view as well that he wants to finish school. Yeah, it speaks to maturity. It speaks to insight, and and it gives it gives Montreal an easy way out when asked.
0: Character, right? Caractère, one of the favorite words of the Montreal. Game. Canadians it's uh he
2: kindly excused Carrie Price in an interview yesterday evening like oh I thought I thought that was on purpose I thought they made a joke on purpose like that was a, you're an 18 years old and the moment you've been dreaming about like hearing your name on the stage at the draft just got messed up really bad <laughs> and you're excusing <laughs> the guys <laughs> Uh, I thought that was pretty smart. I mean.
1: Again, you've been listening to uh, Thibaut Chatel. You find him. He needs definitely more followers in this upcoming season if Reinbacher stays in, in uh, National Liga. Um You find him on Twitter, Thibaut underscore Chatel. We'll be sure to mention it. You find him on Substack. might be very interesting to have some of his reads there. We're going to promote his article that he posted last night. And it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to, to talk to you it's even a bigger pleasure to see you and have you on the pod matt you want to finish this up
0: no i just want to say thanks for for coming on man i really appreciate it i think we all appreciate it i think everybody in the fan base right now needs a little bit of a i don't want to say reality check but we need, we need more information right i was upset with the pick la- last night i'm coming around on it uh and i really appreciate the additional information additional context around what he's been doing uh in the uh, in the swiss league there No problem. It's it's been a pleasure. It's uh,
2: it's super great to see all the work we we are doing in Switzerland is gonna pay out for Montreal fans, and uh, I'll make sure to stay in touch next season, tracking him and watching him and uh, keeping an eye on on his development.